This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Bing bong, bing bing bong. Isn't it just? Well, Claire, <laughs> thanks for inviting us all back to Suggestible for another week. You're welcome. The show where Claire and I, not only are we married, my name is James. Uh, I said your name, didn't I? You did. I'm Claire Twenty. We, we also Hello. we also suggest things so much so that uh, we do it a lot here. So it's, uh, you were really bad at this intro. Uh, no, 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 no. Let me just you find should, my footing. You, let, you, <laughs> you need to let me it's, do it. Let's just well, I Pipe down over so there. So basically, what uh, we take it in turns. This is a travesty. We've seen. If you're listening to this for the say, first hey. time, you are turning off right this. No, no, second. you love it. You're saying this guy's real because he sounds just like <laughs> me. He's, he's an idiot, and I relate to that. Don't no, it's a show where we recommend idiot. things to watch, read, and listen to, don't we, Claire? That's what, yes, exactly. He took like five minutes to get there, but he landed there in the end, everybody. Mm. Yes, mm, excellent. So that's that's the whole premise of the show. Sometimes it turns into a just a general whinge yeah, it about does. everyday Look forward to that. things. I got a bunch Correct. of stuff to say. I'll tell well, you that much. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm excited. I have two really cool things to talk about. Two really cool Both things. Both things that I've really bloody loved and have been waiting for a while to talk about. Oh, my Thrilled. goodness. Thrilled. Well, let's hear smug, it then. Smug. Oh, my turn first? Yeah, let's tell me cool boy, get ready. Strap yourselves in, peeps, <laughs> fellows, countrymen. Oh, I don't know wherever you live. Anyway. Yeah, you're much better at this than me. <laughs> We're really struggling tonight. All right, so what else is new, Emma, right? My first recommendation is Starstruck Season 2. Oh, my God. It's your favourite show, oh Claire. Oh, my God. I love it. Because I don't know if anyone has noticed, but other than the whole my love of BBC British crime dramas, sure. the other thing that I love more than anything, probably more than you, who knows, is rom-coms. You know, I love a rom-com. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I love them. And I have to say this about the rom-com, right? I think people have got a lot of flack over the years, and by people, I mean women primarily, for rom-coms being like corny and like chick flicks and like whatever. Yeah, but it's it's no stupider than any other genre, you know? Exactly. And that is what I'm really loving the pushback on now because more women are saying more things and creating more things and doing more things and I am no longer ashamed of my love of the rom-com. What is wrong with watching something that you know isn't going to end in a violent murder? <laughs> you know, and I love the BBC for that reason. But also, I just well, sometimes you just want to be like schmaltzed away and they're really hard to yeah. write really well, like any genre, right? I completely and agree. I bloody love this. So Starstruck, for those who haven't watched the first season, go back and do that. My goodness. It's written by Rose Matafeo, Alice Sneddon, and Nick Sampson. Now, Rose Matafeo is a hilarious New Zealand comedian. I just love her. And she also stars in this show as Jessie, set in London. And it's kind of a flip on 
Notting Hill. Mm. And actually, if you're a diehard rom-com fan, there are just so many lovely little nods to Are they ever like, this is like Notting Hill. This is like Sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) They do not bring up a a single one of them, but they do just kind of give you delicious sort of like Easter eggs. Like a park bench, like a bookstore. Correct, exactly. Like a man running in the rain or something. Like in the first season, you know in Notting Hill there's that famous dinner party scene where he invites over the famous Julia Roberts' character, yeah. who's the actress, and it's such a great scene, right? And their friends are, like, blown away and it's all really lovely. So it kind of flips it on its head in this because Tom, who is played by Nikesh Patel, who is just brilliant in this, he does a really good job of playing kind of earthy, grounded, kind of dry sense of humour and quite funny mm but very sort of straight man to Rose's character, Jesse, who's just like all over the place and hilarious and complicated and funny and just talks a million miles an hour and he's just so like is he not, very... So is he like a down-to-earth celebrity? He's not like a... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's a celebrity but he kind of doesn't love the fame element. He's actually just a really nice guy. Oh, I know. Just and... like your favourite podcasters, Claire. <laughs> God, what is happening here? Yeah, he just and so he's also kind of down on his luck a bit with love in some ways, and he works really hard, but he's clearly very lonely because he works so hard, and he has an agent who's played by Minnie Driver. Oh, really? But yeah, well, there's he, a rom com throwback. Yeah, exactly. And she's not like, that that's all she's done. She's done many, many lots things. of other things, but no. But it's just Rose wrote in an article that she could not believe Minnie Driver said yes when she asked her to play yeah. the agent character, and it is just very. Like her, the agent's quite soulless and very funny, but it's clear that he's being exploited in lots of ways oh, okay. yeah, by yeah. her. And just he's a really good actor, but he's often playing in really terrible movies. Mm. And the people around him are kind of vapid and awful. It's just really interesting. And and then the, in season two, you see his family who really don't understand what he does and don't. Even though he's very rich and famous, correct. And he's not. And he's not the favorite brother. His brother's like really awful and annoying. But he's he like loves a his doctor or an yeah, academic a doctor. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. So that kind of dynamic's really great too. Yeah. So for instance, I, I won't spoil all the Easter eggs, but in season two. Jesse opens a present from him for Christmas and he she waits till Christmas Day and opens it up and it's Joni Mitchell's CD, the same thing that and she says that he's Alan Rickman to her. You see, you know, looking at me, you have no idea. So in love, actually. Because she thinks it's like a better Yeah, she thinks it's like a necklace or something really incredible and it's a CD. So they do reference rom-coms in this. Yeah, they do, but they don't say love, actually. They just like throw you lots of little things like that, which (laughs) as a big rom-com nerd, I bloody love. So what, this is like your Marvel universe. Yeah, when it's they're, totally. They're, they're oh like, this happened in another it's thing so or okay. I, What I will say about this as well that sets it apart mm. from your standard kind of romantic TV series, I guess, is that A, the writing is really clever and pithy and fun, but also they've done this really clever thing where like the first season is complete. So yeah. it all kind of, this is a spoiler, but it all ends with, uh, Jessie deciding she's going to leave to go home and then she decides to stay for Tom in the end and it finishes with them in the back of a bus sort of looking wryly at each other. Oh, and my God, like, that's oh, like, a, that's like that Dustin Hoffman movie correct, or whatever. Exactly. I recognise things. You did, you did it. Exactly right. And the whole thing The graduate is, maybe. Correct. And the whole thing is set like Notting Hill where there's like vignettes of like little windows of time where they get together, they're almost going to make it work and then it doesn't work. You know, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. that premise. And season two, because it kind of finished with this kind of happy ending necessarily, 
Season two, I think, had a mammoth task to try and keep us engaged because they've done that thing where it seemingly ended really well and they've got together. And what they do is land you straight back in that scene immediately oh, when really? they're in okay. the bus. It's not like... Uh... No, and they're both like having a WTF moment of what the hell do we do now and this yeah. is really weird and she has all her stuff and she's said to her mum she's going home to New Zealand and now she's not. She has to call her mum and it's like really ah, awkward. So it's like what happens after is like, yeah. oh, actually I have a lot of things I now exactly. have to yeah, correct. sort out. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of like the Before Sunset um, series of films too. Those she movies you haven't that. seen? Correct, exactly. But she wrote an article about how they're based on that because it's the trajectory of a romance. So that makes sense. Anyway, I just find it, it's just really funny. Yeah. Uh, so has this got you jazzed for seeing the movie Marry Me with J-Lo and it Owen totally Wilson? It totally has. I'm so Because that's, jazzed. I mean, there's your Notting Hill kind of oh, mate. I know. scenario, I'm isn't so it? Na- Apparently I'm it's so good. Jazzed. Yeah, I know everyone has been saying it's excellent. I'm telling you, it's the age of the rom-com. The rom-com is it's back. back and I'm loving it so much. Good. Yeah. I think also why they burnt out just yes. quickly is because there's just not a lot of good ones. No, that's not true. There are a lot of bad ones. But mm-hmm. that can be said for any movie genre, but I guess they weren't profitable enough to a point, so they stopped making them. They they weren't evolving, whereas now I think they are evolving, evolving again. again. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they got stuck in a trope. Yeah. You know? And also I feel like they were casting the same people in all of them. It did feel like that. You know, which I think is a problem. So, yeah, there's definitely. Jerry Butler. <laughs> I think also there's more women writing them now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that makes a huge I difference. Think, you yeah. know, I mean, Nora Ephron famously made When Harry Met Sally, which I think is still one of the best rom-coms that there is. Well, I think it's a... actually a bit problematic, actually. Well, okay, so, and it is, but it's still amazing. <laughs> anyway, and I think, um, you know, when you watch like Love Actually, they're all problematic. Oh, my God. Of course. So it's really nice to see fresh new perspectives on the same kind of genre. Yeah. The other thing I loved about it is there's – sort of little ties to bridesmaids as well because Emma City plays um, Jessie's best friend Kate in this who's actually Rose Matafay's best friend in real life. Oh, and you cool. can see the chemistry because they're both so weird and they get so annoyed at each other and it's this yeah. like glorious sort of they're always wearing ridiculous costumes and getting into scenarios but Kate's also really lovable and tells everyone straight what she thinks about them and right, often she's yeah, yeah. absolutely dead on. Um, but she has this like terrible boyfriend who wears this terrible hat everywhere. Anyway, I'm not selling this very well. No, no, the I love a terrible thing, hat. I'm I'm in for the hat. I will other say I will say the other person in this that is really like a just a cameo appearance, Russell Tovey, the actor from Years and Years, um, plays the director in this and he directs Tom in oh, a film. Oh, yeah, okay. And yeah, it yeah, just yeah, yeah. gives you that vibe of what it must be like to be de- – it's just a really comedic scene. Yeah. And he's just this like really full of himself kind of over-the-top director that keeps gaslighting Tom. Is he British, isn't it, as well? Yes, he is. Because he's real-life British, British, isn't he? He is real-life British. Anyway, so that's Starstruck. All the episodes are now out on ABC iViewer if wow. you are in Australia, but I'm sure you can get it uh, on the BBC if you are in other places. Like the BBC land, where that's from. I'm assuming. The big British country, I believe right, it's called. Correct. Exactly. Anyway, and there's been rave reviews of this season too. It's just as glorious as the first one. There's an that's amazing, nice. really romantic scene where they're doing, um, it's just always really unexpected, the writing, mm. and at the end they're all at a hen's night. And they've got, um, what's that thing, laser tag? Oh, okay, And they yeah, do yeah. this kind of really great scene with laser tag because Ben 
who is Jesse's ex-boyfriend, kind of enters back in. Ooh. And so they're dealing with different exes and dynamics there Ooh. and will they, won't they get back together and there's all Ooh. this stuff. Anyway, but, it, yeah, the laser tag is really great. So Very good. Cool. Here's something that I watched. It's 10 episodes. Uh, it's called Yellow Jackets. Oh, I it's, have uh, been by meaning Ashley to watch Lyle this. and Bart uh, Nickerson, who are a team that have worked together on various projects. So I'll read you the synopsis mm-hmm. and then from there I will continue to talk more about the show. In 1996. Now the premise of our show, James. I think so. I will also say very quickly, listener Sean Kelly, shout out to you because you literally recommended Yellow Jackets to us this week. Well, Sean, you're too late. Where were you last week when I hadn't watched Yellow Jackets? We appreciate you writing in regardless. I'm sorry for getting so aggressive. It's just I wasn't raised right. Anyways, in 1996, a team of New Jersey high school soccer players traveled to Seattle for a national tournament. While flying over Canada, their plane crashes crashes deep in the wilderness and the remaining team members are left to survive for 19 months. The series series chronicles their attempts to survive while also tracking their current lives in 2021. Why are you reading it like that? Because it's fun. Just kidding. It's awful. In a good way. So it stars, look, there's so many people in it and it's because it's set in two time periods. Uh, two actors will play like the same person, you know, obviously. So like uh, Melanie Linsky uh, and Sophie, uh, Nil- what's that? Uh, Nellis. Play- try that of- again. No, I don't. Tawny Cypress and Jasmine uh, Savoy Brown, uh, Ella Purnell, Juliette Lewis is great, as is Sophie Thatcher, who's our younger version. Uh, Christina Ricci, Ricky Ricci. 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 Yeah. Christina uh, Ricci. She's in it. And Sammy uh, Hanrady is the younger version of her. And so basically it's, um, what am I? What am I saying here, Claire? I don't know. I feel like Sean, our listener, would do a better job. Would you well, I'm going to keep email? going. You can read out Sean's email <laughs> after, and we'll, and we'll judge, and then we'll get everybody to write in, except for Sean, to see who did a better description of this. So, look, being in like you, it, again, it's half the time in 1996, half the time in the the present day. So you know from the present day that some of them, but not all of them, survived. Some of them, not all of them, like, are doing well. You know what I mean? Considering all the things that happened to them, all the harrowing events. But more realistically, everybody who was involved in that, despite how they look like on the outside and what they're, what they're up to in their current lives, some are in politics, some are now stay-at-home, you know, wives, some of them are drug addicts, some of them are whatever, you know. Despite all of that, they're all not doing well, like, emotionally, because they had this terrible thing happen to them when they had to live in the woods. And on top of that, there's very early on hints, like, like first thing that happens is there's big hints towards like cannibalism or they're hunting each other. There might be some kind of supernatural element to it. There's like, I, what I didn't expect from it, because it, it's, it's loosely based off there was a soccer team that crashed in like the 70s. There's a movie called Alive that was based on it, I think. It sounds like Lord of the Flies as it's, well. It's very Lord of Flies as well, yeah, and everybody kind of turn, slowly turns on each other. But the other thing is it's... It's like spooky. Like there's like spooky stuff in it. It's like, is this is there like a ghost or something? What's going on here? You know what I mean? And it's and it kind of dances around a lot of that also on top of PTSD. On top of like, hey, you did this thing to me in the woods twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, and I'm mad about it. Also, they're kind of famous because you would be obviously, you know. And because it's uh, only been one season of so so far, you don't know everything that happens. And beyond that, the general public know even less. You know, because they decide, those who made it out decided, like, right, there are certain things that we are not going to talk about. We are going to stick to 
you know, this certain set of, you know, this, this script that we're all decided on, none of us are going to go public. We're all going to stay kind of pretty low-key and live our lives, you know, as, as best as we can. And we're going to try and put this behind us, which is obviously not possible because, you know, things are re-emerging and, and, and the like. I have two criticisms of this show. Two. One, Christina R- Ricci. 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 Uh, she's supposed to play someone in the modern day who's like dowdy and, um, and like unlovable and ugly. And she does play like a terrible, annoying and probably a sociopath kind of character. But just to be like, look at this plain looking woman. No, that's not true. Clearly. <laughs> like I, I was confused because I'm like, who is she supposed to be playing? This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. What do you mean? And then, you know, but she's a good actor at work. So I, you, I can't really complain. And the other thing is that because there's only like one like season, it kind of ends very abruptly on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, man, I was really enjoying this and now I'm going to have to wait a year plus to watch more of this show. But, yeah, it's really like there's some really like striking imagery. It's quite gory as well in places. I know you've talked about wanting to watch it, but it's like it's pretty full on for a lot of it, you know what I mean? A lot of like the survivalist stuff you see and what happens to somebody if they're in the woods and there's nobody around and they get attacked by a wolf. What does that look like, you know? Uh, Liv Hewson's in it as well, who's been in a, who's Australian and been in a bunch of stuff as well, including Santa Clarita Diet and various rom-coms, and they're great. It's just it's just very good. Who's it written by? Uh, it's two people, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. I don't know whether they are, I don't know whether they're writing partners and also partners' partners, but they certainly make a good team, Claire. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. I don't mind telling you, Claire. I don't mind telling you that I enjoyed this show. Uh, I love that. I mean, one of the reasons I want to want to watch it is because, thank goodness, I've heard, as you said, really good things. But the husband and wife. There you go. There you go. Mm. It's also a female cast. Yes. In in a not, really not in, not entirely. There mm. are some men who also crashed, but it's a like a female centric group, you know, who are making the decisions, you know. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why, because I think it's very feminist in that way, even though it's awful awful and boring. And it's also like women can be terrible too, and I agree. I've been saying that for years, Claire. (laughs) But honestly, that's one of the things I want to watch it for because I think it's refreshing, even if it's awfully gory, to see women just being awful. Absolutely, and yeah. And complicated. And I Definitely. guess that's the thing. It's, it's women being fully fleshed human beings. It's really interesting fully to fully see. Fully fledged? Totally. Fully fleshed both. out. But it's really interesting to see how, like, they take they take because they're all on a girls' soccer team and how they all react to being out there and how some are coping better than others, like initially at least. Like there's one who's like the captain who's kind of like the leader but then put in the wilderness all of her captaincy skills are useless and it's like she's just not an asset, you know what I mean? Like mm. in like all the all sassiness and her like pep talks and whatever, it doesn't mean anything if a bear walks into the camp, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just it's just really like the character development and how and their interactions, which is I guess all shows and life, is just done very, very well. It's on uh, Paramount Plus in Australia. I don't know what it's on overseas, probably that I guess. I think it's now probably on, because it's all out now, it's probably out on, it's on Showtime as well apparently I'm seeing here, but I don't know, I'm just talking about it in Australia, but you can probably rent it various places now I'd imagine depending, you know, because after the full season is done then it's, you know, they throw it out to other platforms or whatever. But, yeah, well worth a look. Yellow Jackets, one word. One word. Excellent. One word. All right, I'm totally, I've, that has been on my list. Thank you, listener Sean, and thank you, James, mainly listener Sean. What did Sean say? Oh, interesting. Would you like to hear? Yeah. 
All right, cool. So let's see Sean it. Let's hear said, it, Sean. Lord of the Flies meets Lost. Oh, I should have said yep. that. A girls' soccer team is traveling to nationals with their, when their plane crashes in the Ontario wilderness. The story is told in two time periods. You've said all of this. It gets real dark, y'all. That's true. Said. And it later follows a few survivors who are now in their 40s dealing with their shared trauma as a new crisis emerges, forcing them to work together when someone threatens to expose their past. Mm. He says it's got mystery, whodunit, and thrills, as well as coming-of-age storytelling. Well, that's actually really good. Uh, I, I, I'm going to put forth a petition that he replaces me on this show. Me too. Just in written form as well. So I was every week, Sean <laughs> writes in and says, this is my suggestion, and you read it out. And then you give your suggestion and I just sit silently. I'm still in the show, but I'm not allowed to say anything because I've been bested and I know when to step down. <laughs> good, exactly. It's good to know when you're, when you're out of it, mate. That's right. It's good to know. All right. Well, thank you, Sean. And I've got my next suggestion. Can I do it? I would love to hear it. Excellent. All right. So this one is called Inventing Anna. It's everywhere. Has you seen it? It's it's like trending on Netflix. Everybody's talking yeah, about it. Yeah, she's from Ozark. Uh, Correct. Yeah. The actress. Mm. Julia Garner. There you Correct. go. Correct. Exactly. I had Very kept, good. My brain kept going, no, it's Jennifer Garner. And I was, and then no, Julia Garner is the actress. Anyway, she's excellent. Playing Anna Delvey, who is actually called Anna Sorokin. So it's based mm-hmm. on a true story. It's from Shonda Rhimes' team. So from Shondaland, her production company. Okay. Shonda Rhimes, um, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. You know, that, that, yeah, that, she's that crew, yeah. just excellent and an amazing mm. TV writer. She writes hits and she's done it again with this. So it tells the story of the real life fraud star Anna Delvey, who posed as a German heiress and scammed thousands of dollars out of New York's elite. Mm. Garner's lead performance has captivated audiences with much attention given to how she delivered Anna Delvey's accent. So, what's really interesting about this is the story is so unbelievable. And the more that you delve into it, I don't know if you remember seeing the court imagery of her when she was arrested. It I basically don't know. goes back and forth around when, when, her when did court this happen? case. Yeah, so it happened between 2013 and 2017. And in 2017, she was finally arrested for defrauding banks, hotels, and acquaintances in the United States for a total of $275,000. Yeah. So she basically convinced the, the like, New York elite, all of these incredible sort of artists and writers and really incredibly wealthy, famous people, plus banks, like big legitimate banks, that she was a German heiress with millions and millions of dollars. She nearly secured $40 million to start the Anna Delvey Foundation. Right. So she was super close. She's an incredible businesswoman in a lot of ways, and I think that's why this story captivated people. At one point she steals a plane and somehow (laughs) manages to get into like Bill Gates, you know, big conference and – Go and visit, you know, um, who's the richest guy in the world? It's Is it Warwick, Warren, what's his name? Warren Buffett. Or Warren Buff- yeah, yeah. yeah, Warren Buffett. Yeah, exactly. And so there's just, it's it's kind of incredible that this woman who actually grew, was born in Russia and grew up in Germany and mm. came from a very ordinary family sort of rose to this prominence yeah. and somehow taught herself the language of these people, the art, the culture, yeah. the clothes. She would wear the most incredible outfits and some of the iconic images of her are where, of, of her wearing these incredible like black glasses mm. and kind of framing herself in these incredible outfits that would have cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, and she went viral over Instagram. She became she's become a celebrity in her own right. Yeah, oh um, yeah, I mean she's got this show. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and that's what's interesting. She's as only well. thirty one. Yeah, she's like now she's thirty one. Yeah. 
So she was really young as well, super young. What's clever about this is they actually frame the show around a journalist who breaks her story open, which I find really interesting. So in this show, the journalist is called Vivian Kent and she's played by Anna Chlumsky, which is based on the real-life character or real-life journalist Jessica Pressler. And their stories actually are closely linked. What I loved about this as well is that Jessica Pressler, while she was writing the story, was actually really heavily pregnant, just as Anna Chalmsky's character is in the show. And the reason the article meant so much to her was because one of her previous articles turned out to be a hoax and she hadn't done the background research and she lost a really important job offer at Bloomberg News. Oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. And so the whole kind of show is centred around the desperation of the central journalist to kind of get this story written and break it open before she has her baby. And she's also trying to convince the editors of the magazine that it's a worthwhile story because it's about, you know, a twenty early 20-something socialite and the two blokes in charge keep pushing back on her and saying no one's going to care about this story. But it becomes this global sensation once the story actually gets out there. And it's still blowing up really because yeah. now, now this TV show has come out and cleverly and kind of interestingly Anna Delvey is making money from this TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the long con, it's The long con. And what's interesting, because in terms of US law, she can't technically profit from a crime, but she's managed to get money, her money from her Netflix deal because she's been a consultant on the show. Ah. And she's used that money to pay back her debtors, to pay back the banks, of, you know, the money that she stole. And what's kind of interesting about her is that it all seemed she's now out of jail. She Her jail term was four to 15 years. She got out just before the four-year mark for good behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And immediately set up a new Instagram account, new social media following, yeah. paid back, you know, all of that money. But just recently ICE has arrested her because she overstayed her visa from 2017. Ah, even though yeah. they kept her in jail. Yeah, exactly. Did she overstay her visa because she was in jail? Or she'd already overstayed her visa. I don't know. It's unclear. It says that the visa was from 2017. So whether, yeah, maybe because she was in jail, maybe because she didn't address it when she got out. And I don't know. It seems kind of suspicious, doesn't it? Maybe they just want her out of the country. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just a really, really compelling story and fascinating, like even just watching how the rich move and work and how she would just – turn up in these hotels, pretend she was this heiress and somehow con her way into having like this incredible suite mm. and staying there for, you know, months on end yeah. without actually being able to pay. Yeah. And so she, and she would somehow get money wired to her probably through a whole lot of different networks of credit cards. It was quite right, unclear okay. and, you know, paying one person to pay another person, yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah. and stealing from someone to then pay someone else and all this stuff and then also mooching off her friends and and because she was so clever at making friends with wealthy people, they would then kind of fit the bill for her yeah, in lots flip, of different ways. Fit the bill? Yes. Is that the word Yeah, for that's it? the word. Anyway, um, it's fascinating. I loved it so much. And I really think that Anna Shlomsky steals the show because she just really sells what it's like to be a woman with a brain who wants to write and think and create and is pregnant. And not that she doesn't want to be pregnant, but that, she ha- she really just picks that struggle of womanhood where mm. you want to just keep doing the thing that you love to do mm. and being your body kind of betrays you in some ways and you have no control over it. Right, okay. 
What I also think is interesting is like if she was a person who like conned a bunch of regular people out of money through a pyramid scheme or some kind of crypto pump and dump or whatever, probably wouldn't have gone to jail. Probably still be walking around, you know what I mean? But when you attack people with wealth and make them look foolish, then that is a big kind of that's mm. a tab, that's a taboo. You know what I mean? And you can't, you don't yeah, do that. Exactly. And that's actually one of the themes they explore in the show because it was the same time that Trump was on the rise. Okay. And so there's this idea. I mean, he's such a fraud star, and no. and full of it. You know, and come on. And because he's come from money, mm. he's able to hustle his way into the presidency because yeah. he's got all these buffers around him. Mm. And she came from no, from no money at all. Yeah. And there's this kind of narrative like the lawyer that is also in the show defends her in a lot of ways and ends up really liking her because he admires she's horrible to everyone. But he admires her tenacity and yeah. her ability. I mean, to she'd be have like to be terrible, Robin right? Hood, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she's Robin like, Hood. Well. There was really no Robin Hood, but you know what I mean. He, yeah, he helped people. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just mean in that she's yeah. stealing from the rich, from these the people who don't even notice if you took a million dollars from them, yeah. they wouldn't even notice. Yeah, you know that kind of level of wealth. And I think there's also something about being a young woman in that space as well. It's like they're trying to take her down a few pegs. All of these yeah. incredibly connected wealthy people fell for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know she's embarrassed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, at very high levels and almost got away with it. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting conversation, I think, about Just that. Just looked at her too. Instagram. She's having a great time. Yeah, well, it looks like it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think she's back in jail though. So. Oh, well, I saw, I saw a post from two days ago, but I don't know, maybe she's got a brand, a person managing her account or whatever. It seems like, she. yeah, she's very clever at spinning the story. Mm, I so bet. interesting. I absolutely believe that right. to be true. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That's it. That's I have one more thing to, uh, to talk about, Claire, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch this too. Ali, uh, just quickly, but Ali Wong has a new special on I know, Netflix. I know, I watched it, loved it. It's called Don Wong. And it's, uh, as always, I, I love all of her specials. I think this is just as good as all the other ones. Very, cons- She's very consistent, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, she's so mean and rude, and that's what I like about <laughs> her. She's just mean and rude, and she says terrible things and, like, graphic <laughs> sexual acts and just, like, people she hates and people who hate her and how she's a dirtbag and whatever. I, just, I don't know. I just think she's really funny and really interesting, yeah. And yeah. good on her for making a bunch of money. And she's also very open about, like, her success. And I love <laughs> she opens with a bit about how if you're an ugly comedian or, you know, an average-looking comedian, 
you know, you get to date models. But if you're an average looking like female comedian, the best you can do is her friend who is dating like a, 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 a just a magician. And I would say it's not even an average looking comedian. It's literally any Oh, yeah, that's comedian. right. That's probably true as that's well. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. Like you can be an average to below average looking male comedian and date famous supermodels. Yeah, well, that's why they all yeah, do it probably. <laughs> exactly. And but you can be the most drop dead gorgeous yeah. female comedian and yeah, be dating like a magician who got two, a two star rating or something. Yeah, which you know <laughs> may not be true. Also, that particular story. Yeah, but but, it, yeah. but, it, that's but true, when you think right? about it, you're like, yeah, that no, because when I think about like the comedians that you know that and that I know of. Yeah, that's not inaccurate. Yeah, they're always <laughs> punching above their yeah. below, above uh, their weight. Yeah. The, the thing that she said is true. Anyway, I don't really have any anything else to say about it except it's very good and it's on Netflix and she's got three specials and she hates her husband. And that's <laughs> good. Or not really though at all. It's interesting. I've seen her interviewed where she says that in real life she's actually very polite and like, I would 100% believe that. Of course she couldn't walk ways. around like that. She'd be like No, which is so funny. What I did really love at the end of the special where she said that in the end what she loves about her husband is that he lets her be herself. Yeah. And being yeah. herself is being rude and mean yeah. <laughs> about him too. Yeah. Like she says like some pretty like full-on things about how she wants to cheat on her husband. And, and like I, and I'm not even like I generally don't like really like graphic like sexual like comedy like the way it's described because it's normally dudes like whatever oh yeah. not even it's not always it's not strictly dudes but look it's mostly dudes but there's something about the way that she delivers it that it feels like fresh and new and like re- just really it's funny a woman yeah and, and I'm sure that's probably the main and, aspect and the of way it. she describes the sexual acts are from a female perspective yeah well that is true which also is yeah also very original because, Mm. I mean, it's not as in like women have been having sex for thousands of years, but the fact that we get to talk about it in an explicit way that men have been talking about for, you know, centuries, but women maybe talk about with their friends but don't don't do it in such a public way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really interesting because what she also does really well, and to you it might be, oh, it's just I just really enjoy her comedy, but she is saying what women might feel and think about sex, you know, right? Yeah, and, she, and not and not all women like will think the way she does. It's a way that she sees sex, and and but she talks about it in a way where she's articulating her wants and desires. Yeah, and in a way where she's powerful and has autonomy in those situations, and that's really rare. Yeah, like it's still very taboo, really, for women to want to ha- want that. To mm. want to have pleasure, to be able to claim that is yeah. actually really rare and I and often looked down upon. And so the fact that she can she has, is self-made, is so talented and so funny and clearly works so hard and is able to say what she says unafraid, mm. you know, and even or even if she is afraid, she doesn't show it, is just so refreshing. Because I can imagine the kind of shit she must get in her DMs on her social media Oh, absolutely, account would be yeah. Vile, right? Vile. And so it is brave. It's bloody brave for a woman to stand up and say that kind of stuff, especially a woman of Asian descent as yeah. well, even more so. But, I mean, I think any woman to be gross and, and want stuff because men have been saying and talking like that forever. Like if you watch any even terrible one-night comedy stand up um, you know there's a there's like a, a saying in male comedy like if you're a hack comedian you do this thing called stool humping 
where like you get off the stool and you pretend to like have sex with it because it's and it's kind of like a. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's, I, I wouldn't even say it's gross. It's just like, well, it is, but it's like, it's just hack. And also, I should say, a lot of the stuff she does say is gross. Like, it's a gross yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. But the fact, the reason it's refreshing and great to watch is because women are, are gross. We're allowed to be gross, maybe amongst our friends, maybe, but probably not even then. Men are just expected to be gross. There's like, Eliza Schlesinger, I think that's how I yeah. pronounce her name, does a really good bit about that, about how before a boyfriend gets there, you shove everything under your couch and clean all your surfaces and then as soon as they leave, you like a gremlin comes like, out and you're just uh, sitting yeah. on the bench going <laughs> and like shoving chips in your mouth and getting crumbs everywhere. Hell yes. You know, and I think that's, you know, women are allowed to be complex and some, you know, and messy and show up the way they show up, beautiful, put together, not put together, Anyway, I just love it because it gives other permission. Ali Wong is giving women permission, which I think is happening with comedians like Celeste Barber as well, giving women permission to not be just one thing and not have to fit into narrow boxes, you know, but that we can be, you know, hilarious and gross. Because I think some of the women in my life are the funniest people ever. The amount of times I cannot, I do not find comedians that I've met, like professional comedians, funny. It's like it happens so often. But also like they're not on all the time. You no, know but I mean? I've they're... seen their stand-up. Oh, and yeah. I, don't oh think I thought it's... you meant like in person. Well, you mean both. Like... <laughs> and they're saying things and the rest of the room, all guys, are laughing and I think to myself that is the most unoriginal thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And it, and it makes me frustrated when there's that tired trope that like women aren't funny and it's, it's like it's maybe just... women aren't funny to you. It's also yeah. just like just not true no it's just not true oh my god so i i still stand by the fact that i think some of the funniest people i know are women Mm. and that's just the human being some you know being funny but just there is something about the way our culture still does not get on board entirely with a funny woman that is really depressing yeah to me though it's changing i think I think so. Because the other, you know what's also great about Celeste Barber? She's doing the same thing that Ali Wong is doing. And for, you know, she has a hot husband, Celeste Barber, and that she calls her husband hot husband. She's like totally objectifying him. And a lot of her Instagram is just like videos of him making a coffee and surfing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, and it's, it seems innocuous, but it's so powerful because it, just flips that whole narrative on its head and maybe that's also problematic and I'm sure it is. But I don't know, there's something about that idea that like, you know, Ali Wong has a kept husband. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I love how she's like, he's living the life that I want to live. Yeah, exactly, which I find so. I love yeah. how she has that great line, I don't want to lean in, I want to lie down. Yeah. And I still think about that a lot. The other thing, the funny thing she said about how women for centuries had been conning everyone that they were stupid so they could just lie around the house. <laughs> and now they've like done all this work to convince men that they're actually as smart as them and they've done themselves a disservice because now they have to work. Yeah. <laughs> Which I find obviously is not true, but I find that was just really Well, funny. it's jokes, isn't it? And sometimes jokes don't have to be true. Exactly. But you know what has to be true? What, James? Uh, your oh, reviews that you your leave for this show. Smart segue there. Thank You're you. Always, always surprised. Let's see you're right in us with a segue, Sean. Let's see how good your segues are. <laughs>
it's from you can do it in app. It's so easy. You just open up app, your app, whatever you're doing, and you go and you you give it hopefully five stars and a little review. This is from It's Vaughn who said tries to copy you. Hey Claire and old boot, I'm Izzy from Colorado, 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 USA. Hello. I tried copying James Moore's successful podcast, but I failed. I made the Weasel Club podcast attempting to talk about pop, pop culture stuff like James because I thought it would be easy, but I failed. So now I just listen to this great podcast on the old boot and Mesa over the Weekly Planet pod. Five stars. Oh, both of them. On both of them. There you go. You should keep doing it, though. Uh, it's You just got to keep doing stuff, don't you, Claire? Because people may have heard this podcast first, but it was um, – I was doing other stuff, wasn't I, Claire, before I was doing podcasting that all kind of built up to this. I was always running my mouth. I'm just run – now I don't run my mouth that much because I, I run have, my mouth I'm this. just having a distinct flashback to us in Africa with me standing in a sugarcane field yep. with a dodgy camera filming you talking. That's right. Being like, what up, dogs? Correct, this is exactly. uh, This is your boy. This is your boy, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, mate. It was bad, let me tell you. But I was supportive. Not only was it bad, Claire, it was very bad. But it was for friends and family. But I knew you had talent. You didn't. I knew you never you believed had in talent. me. You never are, believed in me. And until suddenly I got a very successful podcast, and you're like, oh, maybe yeah, we should make sure. another podcast, oh, but except yeah. with Mason, we should have me sure, in it. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure. What have you got in terms of letters oh, this my week, Claire? God. All right, so um, you can write to stressbottle.gmail.com. Maybe I will. Just like Sean, but also Devesh Sud has. All right. Called. Hey, folks. Loving the return for the new year. On the last pod, you talked about the rescue, a very good suggestible, if I may say so myself. But you also mentioned that it was from the directors of Free Solo. Now, maybe I was too young to appreciate it when I saw it, but I might just be the only person who did not like that film for whatever reason. Oh, okay, fair enough. I think you might be. I really enjoyed it. Anyway, mm. however, I recently came across a movie called The Alpinist. The Alpinist. Mm. Mm. Which I strangely right really connected with and highly recommend you check out. It's quite similar to Free Solo, even having the man from that film show up to talk about the man this film focused on. Ah. Primarily taking place in the snow, this film did a better job helping me to understand what makes this profession so appealing to climbers. Even just leaving quiet bits, just letting us watch this man overcome his problems. It's well worth giving a watch. Anywho, have a good one. You can watch it from YouTube now. It's only $5.99. Well, there you go. Thanks, Devesh. I'm going to check that out. That sounds real good. I hope you do, Claire. I'd hate for you to make a liar out of all of us. Correct, exactly. And I'm going to do the thing that I do every week now and summarise the things that we recommended. Let's Tom's. go. Also, Collings, links them below as well. He, he writes them all below. He certainly does. He certainly does. So I recommended the Netflix show, Inventing Anna. That's right. And Starstruck Season 2 with Rose Matafeo. And what did you recommend? I recommend everybody just shuts up. All right. Everybody just rec- shut up. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, I recommend Yellow Jackets, the TV series. Uh-huh. Paramount, uh, Paramount Plus. Plus. And I also recommend Ali Wong's new special, Don Wong, uh, which is on Netflix as of right now. Correct. Exactly. Mm. And I will say one more thing. A shout out to wonderful Maisie who is Shout in out, our Maisie. team. She's so excellent. She also admins our Facebook group for Planet Broadcasting. She has started a suggestible pod, Instagram, and she, well, there was a little on there. I wasn't really doing much You weren't of doing anything. Nothing. And she has really done a whole lot of cool stuff. There's little surveys going on. You can give opinions about all the different suggestibles that we talk about. We'd love you to go and follow it over there. Please it's do. It's real cool and she's awesome. Now I'm like, do I must follow this? I do follow this, yes. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's another reason to recommend it on the show. Um, yeah, so head on over there 
uh, to follow that one. And also Tons Pod is coming back for season two. Oh, my goodness, soon. Claire. I heard you. Uh, you've already recorded a bunch of episodes, not to spoil any of them. Uh, but these are the guests. Here we go. No. Um, and I heard you recording some stuff today for it because you're cutting together a trailer at the moment. Is that right? Correct, I am. And I'm very excited for you to get back in the game, Claire. Thanks, mate. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm giving it a red hot go. Uh, I'm a bit rusty, but, you know, you've got to get back on the horse. It's true. got to... Eat the lettuce. No matter how rusty you are, you got to get back on that horse and eat the lettuce. <laughs> Dogs in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I agree. A dog in the hand paws. is worth more in the bush. So you throw it in the bush. <laughs> you throw it in the it bush would be. and out of the bush. It would be because otherwise Correct. you couldn't sell the dog. Like if you, someone was like, I'd like to buy a dog for you and you're like, it's in the bush, I, I don't know, they're not going to buy it. But if you have it on you, they, they could see the dog. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Is that what you're talking about? Correct, exactly. Don't shoot fish in a barrel full of cats. Yeah, no, you probably shouldn't do And that. I'm the shiniest tool in the shed. Yeah, the, I, the, <laughs> I like your fake ones better. Not fake ones. I like the ones you accidentally do. And you do at least one an episode. I know I do. <laughs> anyway, I really don't mean to do them. You did one this episode, but I didn't pull you up on oh, it. Oh, did you? I'm not going to tell you, Claire. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Oh, bye. Thanks for calling. for editing. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, Collings. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.